In today's episode, Sebastian Rusk talks about how a chance meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk early in his career led to a years-long journey of self-discovery, culminating in finding his calling with podcasts. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the Do Zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. If you believe it will work out, you will see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you will see obstacles. Wayne Dyer. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and overall just a really great bunch of amazing human beings looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is Sebastian Rusk. And he is one of the most fascinating people that I've ever met. And he is high energy. He's bringing my energy up. For those of you that are listening to the podcast regularly, I'm kind of like this super chill guy. I'm like NyQuil and jazz in the evenings for the most part. But I got to step it up because this guy is like a freight train. He's an author. He's a keynote speaker. He's a podcast host. And he is a founder of the Podcast Launch Lab. So I'm super excited to have you on here today. Sebastian, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Delegation. Delegate, 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 delegate. If you hate it, you're not going to wake up one day and go, you know what? I like this today. I think I'm going to do it. You're never going to do it. So delegate and get it off your plate as soon as possible. I... uh, Words, words that just soothe my soul, sir. I really, yes. You know, uh, we had a, we had a guest on here, Chris Killy. He was literally wearing a sweatshirt that said delegate. And, you know, I was like, I wanted to high five him through the camera there. And, and tell me more about that. Why is that so important? Because being everything to everybody is an absolute recipe for, for, for failure. I think we've all been there as you know, by nature, we're control freaks. So being control freaks is like, I got this. Why would I pay somebody when I could just do it? And then you find yourself with no time and you're frustrated and you hate your business. You hate the work you're doing and you wonder why. But when you reach into your pocket a little bit and pay somebody, it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars either. I think people get this big misconception that delegation is going to cost you ludicrous amounts of money. It's just not. You've got to find the right people. There's plenty of freelancers available. There's plenty of virtual assistants available that can help take simple tasks that you should not be spending time with, the time on, off of your plate. So you can focus on what you do best, which is growing the company, growing the brand, seeking opportunities, closing deals, et cetera, et cetera. And, and sometimes it's not even about freeing up that time so that you can do higher value stuff. It's freeing up that time so that you can think because Correct. that thinking has a value. That thinking allows you to clear your head and say, oh, I have an idea. I think I can do something with this. And I'm guilty just as much as anybody else of I've got a bunch of really great ideas and I write them down I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to have to get around to that. And then, you know. I got to go and sweep the floor. I got to go and wipe down the cabinets. And, you know, I got to do my housekeeping. I got to be the janitor. Uh, Somebody said to me uh, at some point recently, uh, if you don't have a janitor, you're the janitor. 
Correct. And that really stuck with me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly right. I mean, we have a choice every day on what we're going to work on and what we're going to do. And, you know, there's, there is, uh, there's better use of our time than doing tasks that we shouldn't do. You know, I picked, I picked that Wayne Dyer quote at the beginning for a reason. If you believe it'll work out, you'll see opportunities. If you believe it won't, you'll see obstacles. Yeah, absolutely. Tony Robbins says, well, what's wrong is always available. So is what is right. <laughs> I, I picked that for a reason because I know a little bit about your story and I know a little bit about the struggles that you've been through. And so, cause so kind of take us back to that. Uh, you know, you're, you're a fascinating guy. You've lived a fascinating life. You've been up on stages with, uh, with really popular and influential people go back to the beginning of how did all of this start and how, you know, tell us a little bit about how you're trudged through the mud to get where you are. Absolutely. So, and first of all, thanks for having me on, Josh. It's great to it's great to see you again. We've broken some bread down here in Miami. We'd had Cuban food together for crying That's out right. loud and got a chance to hang. I think I dropped you off at the airport, uh, which is my normal. Are you in town? Yeah. Let's grab Cuban food and yeah. I'll take you to the airport. It's right <laughs> yeah. next to each other. Yeah, if you you're ever the whole, the yeah, whole if you're ever in if you're ever in Miami, call up Sebastian. He's going to he's going to get you like a, a Cuban press and he'll take you to the airport. That's his that's his shtick, man. That, and he'll, that, and he'll that, pick that, you up in his really sweet ride. Yeah, well, it went away. My sweet ride went away okay. because well, he has a yeah, less sweet ride. Well, I have I'm an SUV owner now. I went from my beautiful yellow Camaro, the love of my life. And then the check engine light came on one day. 2018, low mileage, perfect car, check engine light comes on. I take it in and apparently the ECM, which is like the main computer system that runs the whole car goes out. And guess what? The parts on back order. So my car's just sitting there for like a week and a half and having, you know, not having a car. Yeah, you can get around, but it's a royal pain to not have a car. So I was like, what are my solutions? And I called my attorney. He's like, well, you can sell the car to the dealership and just get a new car. And I was like, you watch your mouth. <laughs> and then I was like, well, shit, maybe that's a, maybe, maybe that's a, a viable option. So I called the guy in service and I go, hey, I got a car to sell you. And he's like, I need to refer you over to sales. So I called my old sales guy and I said, hey, I got a car to sell you. He's like, great, we need to appraise it. Where's it at? I'm like, service bay number three. <laughs> and uh, I said, listen, I'm not, put, I'm down to look at it. So like we have trucks and SUVs, like there's no inventory. Um, so um, I said, well, I'm not really a truck guy per se. And yeah. I guess an SUV, if something like my mom loves SUVs, but like, that's my, she's 75 years old. She thinks like the Chevy Equinox is like the car. She's had, like six of them, but um, me, not so much. But uh, what was on the lot? a black on black on black with leather fully loaded equinox there you go so it um, destiny. and it had 10,000 miles on it so newer car 2020 10,000 miles i can put my stand up paddleboard my skateboard in the back i can go camping so i'm no longer i don't have the love of my life but that's the story of my camaro i, I try to I, I try not to relive it too many times but sorry sorry about the drama some, yeah i'm still processing i saw one identical one the other day same color same everything i'm like that's got to be it that's got to be all my buddies are like, you know, they sold your car the next day, right? The part came in the next day as soon yeah. as you left. So anyway, uh, so the this, this story started really when I got out of high school because I decided I wasn't going to go to I wasn't going to go to college because I couldn't stay in school when it was free. So you think I'm going to pay for it? Forget about it. So I decided to have a kid instead, which I don't recommend doing. I had a kid and became an entrepreneur uh, very early on. So my daughter was born when I was 21. She'll be 21 next week, which is pretty wow. crazy. Uh, and I became an entrepreneur shortly thereafter. She was around two or three when I became an entrepreneur. And um, those are both two mega crazy tasks to take on in your early 20s. 
you should be fit either you got a business and a brand or an idea and entrepreneur and you're off to the races or you should go to school or join the military get some sort of structure in your life other than let's have a kid um with somebody who probably doesn't really want to have a kid yeah so anyway her her mom and i didn't work out but i said hey you go play if you don't want to go do all this you know apparently it was all my fault anyway but my daughter stayed so and that's exactly what happened so I was the primary parent. I ended up raising my daughter and thank God for my sister and my mom. And I had a tremendous amount of help um, being a single father, but I was a single father and entrepreneur. Um, I was doing, I had a marketing business. So I did direct marketing for mortgage brokers and, 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 and real estate firms. I would do the marketing outbound, direct mail, voice dialing, anything I could do to get a call inbound and into a call center. And then I would screen those calls out and sell them as a live transfer to the clients. That's all fine and dandy until the false mortgage, I mean, excuse me, the false real estate market crashes in 2008 and I'm, and I'm left holding the bag. Literally. I live in, I live in Newport beach. I have two cars. My lifestyle is 10 grand a month just to wake up every day. That's just waking up. That's no trips and extras. That's just waking up and paying the bills. And I'm an asshole. So there wasn't, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of, I thought I had it all figured out because I was making money and I had the, like the status. Apparently I was only impressing myself. And then 2008 rolls around, a car gets repoed, banks stop lending. So there's nobody to sell your service to. You were doing, you know, we were doing a thousand calls a week at 75 bucks a call um, down to, you know, no calls a week. Yeah. At no dollars a call, which was a, a rude awakening. So I came back from my best friend's wedding in March of 2008 and friends in low places. I connected here and like my buddy's like, hey, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I just need to come back home. Like I'm losing my ass out there. I got to come back home. And he said, great. What do you need from me? And I'm like, well, I need a place to live and I need some cash. He's like, okay, cool. Here's a check for five grand. Here's the keys to my rental unit in, in Brickle. I bought the, the model. So you already have all furniture and everything. So just sell all your shit on Craigslist and get back here. So I literally went back to California, packed up my daughter's stuff, um, shipped the rest of what I had here and started all over again in 2008. Now I'm, I am defeated now in 2008. I've had both of my cars repoed. I brought one back to Miami. I'm like, catch me if you can. And they call and they're like, listen, if you don't return the car, we're going to file grand theft auto charges. And I was like, oh, is that how it works? Cool. What time do you guys want to meet? <laughs> yeah, so, that'll get uh, you in there real fast. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you in there real quick. So here I am, Carlos. I got a bus pass. I have a skateboard. That was the last thing I bought before I left Southern California. Uh, and my daughter's school is literally downstairs. Like when I Google mapped it in California, I was like, what do you mean 250 feet away? It was literally the next building next to the building that my buddy gave me the apartment to live in. So that was a huge blessing. And I was grateful. And my sister ended up moving back six months later from Northern California. My mom was already in Delray Beach. Her mom was here while that she wasn't active. I could at least start over. But dude, it took me two years to pull my head so far up my rear end out and like back into reality. I literally did nothing from 2008, 2010. I think a lot of people may have been in a similar space because we were in a recession. I did, I did nothing. You, you know, I, I, I'm starting to resonate with a lot of this story right now because I, I had a, I had a good job. I actually was a teacher at that time. And uh, I quit teaching in 2008 not having any clue what was going on in the financial or real estate industry. And I got my real estate license and uh, I was like, I'm going to be rich, you know? And so I, I get my real estate license in July of 2008. And then I go out there and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm ready to make the money. You know, it was like crickets, <laughs> like nobody, nobody could get a loan. Nobody could buy a house, you know? And, and I thought, well, I thought maybe I'm just not very good at this, which by the way, I wasn't. Uh, and, but also even if I was good at it, nobody could qualify for anything. And so just right. like you, I just kind of like 
I don't know what I did. I just kind of like putzed around and tried to figure it out. And I, I played an entrepreneur for a while saying, oh yeah, I'm a business owner or whatever, but I actually wasn't doing shit. I wasn't earning shit. Uh, and I was just racking up credit card debt, pretending that, that I knew what I was doing. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I don't believe in fake it till you make it. I believe that's terrible advice, but I believe, I do believe in you, you play the part to become the part. I firmly yeah. believe in that. Now that's definitely, you know, a reality, but 2008, 2010, again, I was in that figure it out mode too. I drank a lot of beer and just felt sorry for myself a lot. I really, really did. And why me? Why, 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 why? And I would eventually figure that why out, but then and there I didn't. But then, uh, so what happened was that when I moved back, then, then Florida crashed. So my buddy lost 17 properties. The property I'm living in is in foreclosure. My key fob doesn't work. I can't get into the garage. I can't get to the elevator. Like if your key fob doesn't work in a condo building, you're out of gas. So, and uh, eventually I was like, I need to get out of here. Like I'm squatting. And by the way, like living somewhere and not paying rent is a terrible feeling. I don't know how people do that terrible feeling. So I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I got a gig in Las Vegas with a network marketing company on the corporate side of things for the summer. So I ended up leaving Miami for the summer, went out there, lived in Vegas for the summer, uh, made a little bit of cash, just more than I was making before I had to do something. Uh, and that is where I really started to grasp, hey, wait a second, maybe the stage is a place that I need to be. Yeah, because these network marketing companies will put on events and all kinds of stuff. And they're one big event always going on. But I saw the value of, of being able to be on stage and creating curriculum to teach and teach that curriculum on stage. And that's where it really all really started. That didn't end up working out because like most MLMs, it went belly up. And I came back to Miami, but I had some momentum. I had found an apartment. I found a place right around the corner in a real nice neighborhood, a little two bedroom, old school, like Miami you know, uh, apartment with, you know, wood floors, old school style. I loved it. And that was 950 bucks a month. And I could still walk my daughter to school and it was still close to where I used to be. So I had a little bit of momentum and I, I woke up one day and I really had this awakening minute. I feel like, all right, now I got some momentum. So I shot a video on my, um, on my laptop about, hey, you know, I can do direct marketing for you. And I was trying to find out other verticals outside of mortgage, like debt consolidation and all other stuff that I could do direct marketing for. So I shot a video on my laptop. And around that same time, I had this desire that I wanted to go see Tony Robbins. So I called my friend Whitney, who worked for Tony at the time. And I said, hey, Whit, I want to I want to go awaken the giant within. Like, I want to go to un unleash the power within. And she goes, great. The next one's going to be in Long Beach in July. I said, okay. She goes, here's the details. The whole night. Well, she, she hung up. She gave me all the details. And I was like, all right, cool. Now I know how much it costs. And I just need to figure out how to get there. Cool. And an hour later, she called me back and she's like, I totally forgot to introduce you to, to my best friend. She, she lives on uh, Miami beach and she's part of Tony's core team of six. She actually travels with Tony and uh, she'd be a great, great introduction for you. You guys have the same energy level. And I'm like, okay, cool. Do it. So like she did it almost instantly. We started texting back and forth and I said, Hey, listen, you're a perfect stranger. Can I show you a video real quick? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So I sent her the video and she's like, Oh my God, that was great. Your energy. Da, 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 the whole night she was going crazy. I was like, you this lady's crazy or she really means that like, maybe I'm onto <laughs> something here. Yeah. Right around that same time, somebody introduced me to Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, I read crush it. I linked up with Gary. He was doing wine videos on YouTube, had just the initial stages of starting VaynerMedia with his brother, which started in a conference room in an existing startup, like Humble Beginnings. They have 1,200 employees now and four offices around the world. But um, those early days of connecting with really opened my eyes. And then, the, and then I, so then I met, I met up with this girl um, that, that Friday, we met up for a drink on Miami beach and, um, you know, works for Tony. She's crushing it, been there for a long time, travels with him. You can tell she's, you know, in 2008, 2009, you meet somebody who's crushing it, you know, it, 
<laughs> right. And because uh, yeah, nobody so she, was she crushing at, it. <laughs> correct. She looked at me and she said, um, so, so what's next? And, and I said, I don't know. And she goes, that's a that's a problem. That's a PG version. And I said, um, well, these are my offended days. So I was like, why? Why is what, what I'm doing with my life a problem? She goes, I'm going to tell you why. You want to hear why? I go, yeah, I do. She goes, so, so, so who's, who's missing out because you don't show up? And I thought, fuck, wow, probably a lot of people. I'm starting to see like my, I'm starting to feel my worth a little bit. I'm starting to see like I got talent. I could do something like, yeah, maybe a lot of people are the stage. Ah, what's that look like? You can start a social media company. There's a lot of buzz around it. You can start a TV show, a YouTube channel. And I'm like, what about social buzz TV? Well, that became my first company name, social buzz TV. So I sent those three words to a designer um, on Monday and I had a logo back in no time. And I'm like, great. I got a bus pass, a logo and a skateboard. And now I got a des the <laughs> desires back. So yes. I'm going to start educating people. I'm going to follow Gary's lead. I got Gary within arm's reach. I'm going to follow his lead and I am going to get out there and I'm going to educate, motivate, and differentiate the world of social media in 2010. While this stuff's brand new, I'm going to help businesses understand what they don't know that they don't know. I'm going to do this by going to networking events and I'm going to create content. I'm going to take my flip cam and I'm going to create a video at these networking events. I'm going to say, hey, Josh, if you just let me in, I'll create a video of your event and you can share it with everybody. The only thing I ask is that you tell everybody about me and um and let me in and you're like no problem well eventually i was like maybe i can start doing my own networking event so i would go over to morton's and i would meet the event person and i would say hey listen i want to do an event here i don't have a budget but i can bring like 75 to 80 people here i need appetizers passed around and two complimentary cocktails nobody drinks two drinks in miami no one so you'll meet my people they'll come experience your restaurant we'll do a networker and then i also need the room upstairs for the next day because i'm going to bring everybody back for a social media boot camp and, we're, and then we're going to i need a set menu and you can price that out at whatever you want and everybody will just pay for their own lunch and that's how we'll get around me not having a budget yeah right so they were like okay let's do it and that worked. And I did my first event in the beginning of 2011, had 85 people there. And then people started hitting me up. Then Fleming's called and then Ruth Chris called and then Cheesecake Factory called. And then all the circling, all the restaurants in the neighborhood were like, hey, you want to host an event here? You want to host an event here? So I continued to rinse and repeat that process of hosting an event, monetizing it with sponsors, and then meeting people and then bring them to my boot camp. And then after the boot camp, they're like, you know what? I need this for my business. How much is it to start? I'm like, well, for 500 bucks a month, I'll manage your Facebook page. I'll watch your kids on the weekend. I'll, yeah, there's, there's I'll nothing that I, car. right. There's nothing that I won't do. And so I continue to rinse and repeat that process, which is an up and down process. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. So that became exhausting, but it allowed me to monetize social buzz TV a year after I had started social buzz TV. So again, back to the point of if you, if you play the part, you become the part. I was firmly, I had a fake Rolex. I had a bus pass. I stashed my skateboard in the bushes. Nobody knew that I was a broke guy from, that had no wheels, no transportation and God knows no money. So I was able to, I would leverage because people, then people started wanting to be around me. To a certain extent though, it doesn't actually, those, those things don't matter. We think they matter but they don't matter. Uh, you know, I, I've heard an exercise about, you know, the, the, the whole exercise, if you get dropped in a field and you have to start over, you can't use your network or whatever. Most of the most successful guys are going to say something along the lines of, I will do whatever work that I need to do to get $500. And I will go and buy a really nice suit. And I'm going to go to the place where all the successful people are and start networking. Right. And, and that's basically what you're talking about is 
is it doesn't none of the 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 material things all that stuff we we find importance in that but it doesn't matter to another person what matters to the other person is you what matters is what kind of value are you bringing as a person to me as a person everything else is secondary correct it 100 is it, it you know it, it it really really is um so I uh, lost my train of thought. Where were we? Oh, that, that's networking okay. Limits. No, yeah. no, no, networking, networking. Limits. So anyway, I continued to rinse, repeat that process and started the Social Buzz TV agency. Um, wrote my first book, uh, got involved with the National Speakers Association, went to their annual convention as media. I was the only media there, but they let me in free. I'm like, listen, I create content. I run around the bow tie. You want me in the building. So they did. They bid on it, but it allowed me to get in the mix with National Speakers Association, which I was told that is a place that I need to be if I want. If I'm an aspiring speaker, I need to be around people that have been doing this for decades, sometimes longer than I've been alive. And so I, I met my 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 publisher at that event. They were a sponsor, and I literally bartered my first book deal. It was twenty five grand to write my first book, and I bartered it because I managed and launched their social media strategy for a year. They're like, it's 25,000 to write a book. I'm like, perfect. It's 24,000 for me to run your social media for a year, 2000 a month. Let's shake on a deal. So we did that. And I wrote my first book, social media sucks. If you don't know what you're doing. And I told this whole story that we've been talking about for the past couple of minutes. And then I also gave some practical tips on my thought process on where we're at with social media and where we're headed with it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then I continued to rinse and repeat that process. And then from there, I started to, as I, you know, one of the first things Gary taught me was to build my personal brand because my personal brand in perpetuity will become my reputation. Plus you're documenting your life for, and, and leaving a legacy for generations to come, which I think is very, very important and really a, a big responsibility. So I simultaneously built Social Buzz TV and my personal brand, Sebastian is author, speaker, keynote, and MC, um, as part of that process. And then 2016 rolls around. And I'm sick of the work. We got the agency 10, 12,000 a month recurring. We're doing work, delegating stuff. I'm just not happy. It's probably because every time I turned around, there was another social media company popping up, another social media person. Like the top three jobs with low barrier to entry were social media manager, trainer, and realtor. <laughs> and I just, not that there's anything wrong with any of those jobs at all. Do what you love. It, I just felt strongly that there was more to the equation. There was more for me. But I also kept telling myself that there was more growth for me too, while simultaneously being ridiculously um, resistant to it. And when we're the most resistant to things is when we're probably supposed to be doing them the most. And that was a big lesson for me to learn so I decided in the beginning of 2016, I was going to find a girlfriend. So I logged on to actually Tinder when Tinder was, you know, cool. Uh, and I met a girl in Fort Lauderdale and we met on March 1st, 2016. I'll never forget it. Went to a place called uh, American Social on Los Olas Boulevard. And we had a beer and we sat and we had a conversation about personal development because she was in the middle of this personal development course. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've been to Tony Robbins and Landmark Forum. I'm pretty much a personal development expert. I'm, I'm actually in the process of integrating right now. So I'm not taking on any new personal development courses. I had all the answers and she wasn't buying any of that. And she was almost done with this training, but she kept on saying, hey, listen, you know, this could be really impactful for you. And I was, again, resistant. She ended up signing me up for the program anyway and going, you're just going to do the first part. Okay, let's just, it's one weekend of your time. So I did it, extremely resistant. And then I did the second part. It was just, just an experience I'd never had before. Landmark, Tony Robbins, two totally different things, but the common denominator is separating what happened 
and our story of what happened and how we confuse those and how our life becomes chaos because of that process. When we can just live our life in a full accountability, complete ownership, in love with ourselves, attracting love because of that and realizing it's nobody else's fault except for ours. It's not mom's fault, dad's fault. It's not what happened to you in the past. And there's terrible, terrible, terrible things that have happened to people. My but parents got... Go ahead. Let's 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 dig into that just a little bit because uh, that's that's pretty profound what you just said. What happened versus our story of what happened. Correct. And we're all really really good at creating stories, making shit and up. We're all really good at playing the victim. Ah, my dad wasn't around, and so because of that, I'm blah blah blah. You know. Oh uh, well, you know, I had a series of abusive relationships and because of that i'm talking about me by the way yeah uh and because of that well obviously i'm I'm not able to trust anybody you know and it's all it's all bullshit that we're blaming on somebody else because it's the story that we create to protect our own egos from taking accountability and responsibility for all the actions that we took that led us there and now we're using this other thing as a crutch correct and that's the way we live. We live in a world right now where I'll sell you my bullshit and you sell me yours and we'll call it a deal. <laughs> that's a terrible deal for both of us. I agree. I, there's nothing that makes deal. me there's not there's nothing that makes me cringe more than small talk. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about something that matters or I'm going to conserve my energy. Correct. Not because I don't like you. Uh, I like you just fine. But there's no reason for us to waste energy talking about stuff that don't matter. You know, let's talk about something deep and profound. And and, and so I'm curious. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 sorry, man. The the uh, just because I'll forget what I was about to say is that when you're when you're in these personal development courses and classes, it's 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 small portion is what your experience is and what's happening. It's what you're experiencing from your peers and strangers that are in the room that become lifelong friends and family that you be able to go through that experience based on what they're sharing and going. We identify our place in that story. It's wild how that works out. And that brings up another great point. I, you know, I talked to a lot of, I talked to a lot of guys that are looking to make transitions uh, and uh, I have sold coaching in the past and mentorship and that sort of thing, masterminds. And, you know, you get on the phone and you got a lot of people asking questions like, oh, well, you know, how often do you meet with your coach? You know, and oh, well, what, what is the how many videos are in the training program? And, you know, like, bullshit like that. that. That doesn't matter. It's like everything's the same. Like all all cars have four tires and a steering wheel, whether it's a Honda Civic or a Ferrari or a yeah. yellow Camaro, you know, and that doesn't matter. What matters is who's getting in the car with you. Yeah, that's the thing that's going to make the difference. Absolutely. I've been a part of so many different masterminds groups and and all those things. And and the people I see making a difference, the people that I see that are really growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You implement the training. Yeah, yeah. You listen to the coach and you ask questions. But the people that are really growing are the people that are locking arms with the peers around them. And being held accountable and holding other people accountable, giving that value, not expecting anything back and pushing each other forward. That's where the magic happens. Absolutely. It does. But we dodge accountability. That's just what happens as human beings. So you have to throw yourself into accountability. That's why we're part of masterminds and groups so that when we're not showing up, we've got someone tapping us on the shoulder going, hey, didn't you say you were going to show up? I mean, why are we doing this whole thing? Yeah. So, right. which, which is extremely, you know, extremely powerful, but um, 
So it, I'm in the middle of this course. I take, there's three parts. I only want to take two of the three because the three, like they added a part on and it wasn't like the original training. So I just didn't believe in it. Plus I was like, let's get this over with. Let's get in, let's heal and let's move on with life. Cause when you go in, like I took like the year off too, by the way, like I didn't, I like lived on a line of credit. I have no idea how I got through that year, but I did. And I was not working at all. Yeah. And um, the, the girl broke up with me in the middle of it. She had to go to China for work and left for a month. And because of my resistance and pushing her away through fear and my own demons or whatever you want to call it, um, she broke up with me and I finished the training and we never ended up getting back together or anything. But I, I, by September, I had finally dusted myself off again and had another Tony Robbins awakening moment. And I'm like, okay, we are healing now. We understand accountability. We understand self-love. We understand everything now that we didn't understand before, which is, hey, Sebastian, you're still kind of an asshole and there's still work to get done. Why does this keep showing up? Now we understood why that showed up. We got, we, we were, we stayed curious long enough to find a solution, to do the work and find a solution. Okay, great. Now, what are you gonna do about it? And I'm like, well, there's got to now let's go, let's switch gears back to business now. Cause we're not going back to social buzz TV. We hate that work. We've done a lot. It got us as far as it got us, but we know there's more. So what else is there? So I went and rented a co-working desk um, at a place around the corner that same day. And I ran into an old friend that had a show on an internet radio show, which I didn't even know what the hell that was. And I said, hey, how's the radio show going? And she's like, great. And I'm like, how do you know? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, you know, starting a podcast is, is way easier. And you don't have to go anywhere. Nobody lies to you about an internet radio station being the greatest thing ever. Like you control the content too. And she goes, but I don't know how to start a podcast. Can you help me? And I was like, actually, I can. Yeah, of I've had a I podcast can. on and off. And her and I started dating for a few months. We were old friends, oddly enough. And um, she never launched a podcast. But it was that conversation. I remember like it was yesterday because I walked her down to the elevator. I walked her to her car. She was sitting in her car. The door, the door was open. We were just having a conversation. And that's how the conversation happened. And I went right back upstairs and I started to draft out what would be the game plan for the podcast launch lab, which would be a turnkey podcast launch solution to take marketers and entrepreneurs from idea to iTunes in 90 days or less by launching their own podcast and then supporting them ongoing as part of that process. That was September of 2016. I literally have not looked back since. And everybody and their brother were like, you're crazy. Social Buzz TV was the best thing you've had. People were paying you monthly. All my friends, mentors, attorneys, everybody's like, you're crazy. Nobody wants a podcast. Nobody listens to podcasts. Podcasts are bullshit. Yeah yada, 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 all the noise. Mm. And then by 2018, 2019, I was doing it full time. I started to phase out the social buzz work uh, and go all in. And then I opened a studio in the same building that I met the girl that inspired me to start the podcast launch lab. I went back and opened a studio in that same building. In fact, I opened two between 2020 and 2021, and then nobody went to offices anymore. So I moved everything back to my house, set up a studio in my bedroom, absolutely crushed it last year from my bedroom. And I'm like, well, if I did that from my bedroom, not getting dressed all day uh, <laughs> for a year, what's it look like to uh, go open a new studio? And I'm like, I need old but clean, local Coral Gables area where I'm at right now, if that shows up and reveals itself, we got a deal. And sure enough, I came back to a building a buddy of mine I know owns uh, around the corner from where I was. And uh, he, had, he introduced me to his guy that does all the leasing and all that. And I'm like, I don't want anything upgraded and fancy. And the whole, he goes, all right, I'll take you to the fourth floor. We don't have anybody down there at all. I go, perfect. We get down here, 
entire floor smells like a library. It hadn't been upgraded since God spoke to Moses, but it's clean. There's paint on the walls and it's an empty space, 14 by 14 with a window. And I yeah. said, how much is it? He goes, ah, eh, five, 600 bucks a month. I'm like, big difference, five or 600. Which one is it? He goes, <laughs> with parking, tax and uh, internet, it's going to run you 640 a month. I go, I'll take it. Nice. So that was it. That ended up back here. We opened this in January of this year. It's 2022 right now. And, um, you know, I, we're on pace to do seven figures this year. So we're not bad from, you know, barely being able to do anything, just cracking six figures last year. And again, the craziest part is I have absolutely no idea how we're going to pull off seven figures, but I'm aligning myself with some pretty big players right now that I've been attracting that have been hitting me up. Like Ty Lopez texted me and said, Hey man, can you take a look at my new app? Let's figure out how we can work together. I'm like, what is this real life? Like what in the world? Like what? And then Apex has been so ex just ridiculously instrumental and just an apps. And my clients are now becoming like we coach each other. Like it's like it's just, you know, majority of them are an executive. So, you know, they're they've got far more success than I've, I've experienced yet. So we learn from each other and they become my volunteer army, my volunteer sales team. They rant and rave about what we're doing here, what we've been able to do and help them out with. So it's just been an absolute blessing and beautiful experience. And, you know, I, I've been at this for 12 years now, six of the 12 years has been podcasting and I still feel like I'm just getting started. You know, man, I, I love this story. You were very thorough, by the way, you know, I, I feel like I know so much more about you in uh, our audience uh, has just kind of taken this journey with you of, of self-discovery and chance encounters and, and a little bit of luck, a little bit of happenstance and a heck of a lot of hard work. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's just, it's fascinating to me. I'd, I'd love to really get in there and, and understand about what really drives you. So let's, let's kind of transition into our do zone diagnostic. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So this is a series of five questions, uh, just rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind, uh, Sebastian, what's, what's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Logging into my bank account. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. I like, it. I don't think I've heard that one yet. So, and, and, uh, on the, on the flip side of Until that, that thing has seven figures in it. Get the fuck to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, planting that seed, driving that stake into the ground and saying, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And a financial goal. I'm always trying to get somebody to create something concrete. If you have a goal, Oh, I want to be the best podcaster in the world. How do you define that? You can't define that, but you can define up. seven figures. You can define that. Correct. I mean, and, listen, you ask yourself a simple question. What be committed to? Hmm. Everything else is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't do it, you know, what's, what, what's at stake because you decided not to follow through with what you said you were going to do. Again, that's apex core, core values. We do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to, when, when we say we're going to do it and imagine if the world operated like that, what would it look like? So that's what I do every morning. I'm like, what are you committed to? What are you committed to Sebastian? Are you committed to staying in bed? Cause who's losing when you stay in bed? It's a terrible feeling when you really think about that. Mm. That's great. And you know, on the other side of that, how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? I pull the plug and go home and watch mindless television, have a couple tequilas, give the world the finger and wake up the next day and try all over again. Not every time, but sometimes you need a hard reset like that. But there's also the beach paddle boarding. There's, there's very healthy things to do too. I mean, that's just, you know, adult coloring and good tequila is one of my coping mechanisms. Works really well. You'd be surprised. Adult coloring and good tequila. It has to be good tequila. None of that Patron yes. shit. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. And, and who is your support group, Sebastian? And how do they keep you accountable? 
I think that I'm just overly honest with my friends and the people that I, that I associate with my family. I, it, it's very important that we enroll people into what we're experiencing so that accountability can be derived from that enrollment process. I mean, life is all about enrollment. We're constantly enrolling people, whether it's our business, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's a friend, family member, convincing a girl to date you, whatever it might be, life is enrollment. And I think part of the accountability factor is if we can enroll people into the process of saying, hey, here's what I'm working with and here's what I'm up against, people can at least, you know, people are usually going to be focused on themselves, but those that love and care about you, you know, you can extract some accountability for that. But at the end of the day, accountability is a one player game. Mm. Well said. True accountability, true, true integrity is doing the right thing when no one else is around. And part of doing the right thing is doing what you said you're going to do. At the end of the day, accountability is a one player game. Is that what you said? That's it, man. I'm, or as I'm, my Latina girlfriend says, accountability. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and tell me, uh, here's, here's a question that I, I love to ask just about anybody I meet. How do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? I don't take it on. Okay. Tell me more I about mean, that. If it's difficult because it hasn't been done yet, but it's within the scope, like I have one rule. Does it have to do with podcasting? If it has to do with podcasting, I'm, I'm, I'm open to figuring it out. So it's, it, and that's a matter of, you know, sometimes like, hey, give me a minute. Let me sleep on it. Let me think on it. Let me jot some notes down. It comes to you at various times on being able to, I think that navigating through the figure it out process is there's no straight line to that. I think that the creative process is, you know, we're inspired from various things, songs on the radio, you know. Uh, you know, the billboard, you know, a friend calls randomly and says something. I mean, I, it comes back to the, the commitment again. What do you, what are we committed to figuring out is really what I asked myself. And, but when I also, when we're looking at boundaries for another very important aspect of life, we're looking at boundaries for our own life and our own business. Is this within the scope of work that I want to do? And is the money, is the, is the money that's, that's available for the project or figuring this out? Does that match up with, with where my, you know, what, what I've, what I've agreed and my core values are and what we have to, what has to be in the ingredients in order for us to go and do something. So I know that was kind of an all, all over the map answer, but I don't have any, there's no straight line to figuring shit out. I think it's a, uh, the creative process is, I always say the creative process often starts with us just staring at each other for a couple minutes going, I really don't know what to talk about. And then saying, what about this? And what about that? And getting curious. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some power. There's some power in the stare. That's for sure. It creates opportunities and tension and, you know, all kinds of things. Last question for you, Sebastian. What is the number one pro tip you'd give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Hire somebody. Yep. Delegate. Delegate, 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 delegate. There is no, if you think you're going to figure out a more efficient way to get the job done by yourself and have more time, you're lying to yourself. Hmm. So figure out a way. It took me, gosh, I just hired my assistant last year. I mean, that's how long it took. That I was, I mean, I've already, I've had people doing editing and, 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 and graphic design and something, but as far as like an admin that I can task out with stuff all day that can handle like, now I'm like, great. Now I want, now I need somebody else because now I found another role that I shouldn't be doing. So when you, and what do they teach in Apex? Fire yourself from every role in your business. Yeah. So when you can start doing that, there's a tremendous amount of freedom there. Like, I don't like to work. I don't know, you know, I'm pretty transparent about that. Like I want to fucking hang. That's what I want to do. I want to drink beer and hang at the beach all day. But unfortunately, success doesn't work like that. Eventually you can do that, but still you're going to have that itch to work anyway. So that's probably not even realistic, but I, I want the freedom that if I wake up and go, I'm not going to work today, it's okay. 
and I'm right and I'm there now outside of responsibilities. If I look at my calendar and we've got coaching calls scheduled and I got podcast interviews scheduled, then it's non-negotiable. You committed to it. Then it's not anybody else's problem that you don't want to get out of bed and make it happen. And you know what? The freedom may be available because you did get out of bed and actually follow through with what you said you were going to do. There's a tremendous amount of freedom on the other side of that. So I think about that too. It's kind of like the gym. Like you're never going to feel like it like ever, ever. I hate the gym. Things are heavy. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I keep picking it up? And then I just right. gonna I'm just gonna put it down again. Why put it right I, back down. It's like making my bed. It doesn't make. Why any make sense. my? What? But why make your bed? You're just gonna get back in it anyway. Exactly. Because when, you, <laughs> because when you make your bed first thing in the morning, it sets the tone for the rest of the day of the task that you're willing to complete. It tells your brain we are gonna get shit done today. Make the bed. Make some coffee. Get situated. Read a book. Whatever. It sets that tone. And I'm a horrible bed maker, but I still do. I'm a big, you know, throw the throw it up. You know, just at least get the get the yeah, blanket nice like, and flat. Yeah, the surface kind of. Yeah, if, you know. As long as the sheet is somewhere near the the comforter and it's like all on the same, oh, and I can you know, and I can put the pill. I fluff the pillows up a little bit. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's gonna be a great day, but yeah. sets the tone on what we're able to do. But those little things too, we gotta. Try train our brains to be able to do these. I've been, we're never going to feel like it most times for anything that we don't want to do. That doesn't involve fun. And sometimes fun where we do, we debate too, but yeah. it's still, if, if we, you know, you, you got to get good with the little things so that you can be trusted with the big things. And when I say the little things, it's like, I, I use the toilet paper roll as a great example or taking the trash out. is a great example. There'll be some, I'm a, I'm a single guy. I got a bachelor pad. And there's no, it's just my crib. I could, place could be a disaster for all the time. It doesn't matter. I can't live in that environment because I thrive in a clean, tidy environment, but I could leave the trash in the kitchen, you know, overnight, or I could just literally walk. I don't have to go outside, just walk to the end of my hallway and throw in the trash chute. That's it. That's what I tell myself too. the same thing with toilet paper. I'm like, I'm actually taking the old toilet paper or the new toilet paper in my hand while I stare at the empty roll on the wall. So these little things of just like, stop, take the trash out, take the old toilet paper, roll, throw it away as part of the trash you're throwing out, put the new, and it's these little things. Another one, got another one for you. Okay. Untying your shoes after the gym. I don't know about you, but I like to slip my gym shoes on and tie them whenever I get to the gym or whatever, I'm going to go work out. I like to just slip right in them. If I look at my gym shoes and they're already tied, I already don't want to go to the gym even more. So I stop <laughs> when I get home and I sit down. I untie my shoes and I sit them right next to my bed. And that way they're waiting for my feet to be slipped right back in into the next day. So setting our, you got to set yourself up for success, but it's these tiny little, how we do one thing is how we do everything. I firmly believe that. So it's just this every little area. And that was one thing I really took Josh from, from that, from the work that I've been, had the opportunity of being able to do um, with, with personal development. And that is, you know, where else is this showing up in life? My whole thing was, I don't give a fuck. Oh, really? Where else does that show up in life was the mm. immediate response. Mm. I don't give a fuck. You know, my mom always say, well, you better start. And she's yeah. been damn right. She still says it to this day. She'll stand behind that. I just don't give a fuck. She's like, well, you have to. You got clients and people depending on you now. It's not just about you anymore. And when you're doing life the right way, in my opinion, there's people that are, there's a calling on all of our lives. No question about that. The only question is, are you willing to respond to that calling? And part of that calling, people are assigned to you. And to me, that's terrifying to know that I'm not showing up and other people are losing because I made a conscious decision to say, I don't feel like showing up because I don't have to, or I don't yeah. want to, you know what I mean? So, well, you're, you're calling, you're calling right now has been podcasts and, yeah. uh, then there have been people assigned to you for that. And yep. one of the ways that you have manifested that is by creating the podcast launch lab. Yep. And so talk to me a little bit about that. Who 
should start a podcast and what do you do to help them do it? So we've got a full turnkey podcast. Our flagship product is a podcast launch solution. It's a 12-month program, 90 days to launch. And then after that, we support you ongoing editing your episodes, helping you create micro content. And then you have access to me on a monthly basis for ongoing uh, support. So um, marketers, entrepreneurs, business owners, marketing teams, um, brands that are trying to figure out their, their next marketing strategy as far as a podcast is concerned are our ideal clients. And we do a ton of agency work now. So I have large brands, pharmaceutical companies, things of nature working on like one-off things, internal podcasts. We need three episodes, audio episodes for a specific project. Their budgets are always ludicrous. So I take it on because it's within the umbrella. Again, my number one rule, does it pertain to podcasting? If it does. Um, but our primary focus, as far as our flagship product is concerned, is people coming and saying, I want to start a podcast. I have zero desire to try and figure it out on my own. And I'm willing to pay an expert to get me to the finish line. So that's what the podcast launch lab solution does. It's 90 days or less to launch. We cover everything from your intro, your outro, your teaser, the strategy, the podcast cover art, your hosting distribution to Apple and Spotify, and then helping you structure your first few episodes figure out a launch strategy, get you launched, and then continue to rinse and repeat that process of recording a new episode. Our team does the production. You upload your episode and continue to rinse and repeat that process and stay consistent, but also ahead of the game. So we want people to start always be four to six episodes ahead so they can say they can build momentum for themselves and leverage on themselves too. So that every time you're recording new episodes, you're just recording more episodes for the hopper for whatever's in the hopper versus uh, it's Monday again, let's record a podcast episode. I think that's the best way Two two great ways to hate your podcast recorded every week, um, scheduled every week of like, I'm going to do it on Monday morning and edit your podcast on your own. Those are two of the ways to yeah. those are the fast track to the podcast graveyard. That's right. And uh, I don't know if this statistic has changed, uh, but for, for those who start podcasts, uh, most, most of the time you don't get past seven episodes. That's what I'd heard before. Correct. I don't know if that's changed, that but seven episodes. Correct. And, and what I think it comes down to, and, uh, you know, I, I ran a podcast for four years, we did 238 episodes and, and it was great. One of the reasons that we were able to do it was exactly what you just said. We didn't do the editing. Uh, and we just recorded the episodes as people scheduled. And we always had, at one point, I think we were six months in the can. We had six months of episodes in the can. I did it with a guy named Paul Moore and Paul and I could have gotten hit by a bus and our podcast would have lived on for the next year or something, right? <laughs> because we'd already recorded all of those episodes. Well, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a great release of the pressure because all I have to worry about is getting up on a Saturday morning and talking to Sebastian. Right. And right. everything else is taken care of. Now I got to figure out how to do the show notes and, and, and create a little bumper at the beginning, but that takes like two minutes and the rest sure. of it, somebody else is doing. So but let me ask you, aside from that, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen as you've, as you've helped, you've helped a lot of people with starting their podcast, obviously don't do the editing, don't get grinded out and all that stuff. But what are some what are some other common issues that you've seen people uh, kind of face that that you've been able to help them solve? I think, you know, not knowing how a podcast strategy complements their brand. And, you know, what we teach here at the podcast launch lab is that a podcast is your ticket in the door. It's your access key. It's your ability to network on a level that most people can't network on because they don't have a podcast. If you're calling somebody to sell somebody something, there's a hundred of you calling. 
if you're calling to say, Hey, I want to get you on my podcast, you're, you have the opportunity to build rapport, build a relationship, make it all about them, stroke their ego. And then at the end, you've got enough ammo and, 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 and clout that you can say, Hey, listen, I'd love to chat with you about XYZ that you had mentioned. That's what we specialize in here. And more times than not, you're able to turn that into an opportunity. So I think people being able to figure out not seeing what's possible with a podcast relating back to their brand and how they can monetize and leverage what they already have with what they're actually starting, which is the podcast. Yeah. And let me ask this is as far as that, that kind of matching with your brand, um, I, I am, I am not remembering this guy's name. I tried to, I tried to look it up really quick, but whenever we first started, uh, there was a gentleman who, who helped us kind of get the, somebody like your, your counterpart, this was, this was like right around the time that you started podcast launch lab. And he said to us, starting a podcast is not about building a relationship with your audience. It's about building a relationship with your guest. And cool. that always stuck with me uh, because he was so right to this day. I, I barely know, like, if you're listening to this right now, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you subscribe, leave comments, you know, send me messages, take selfies, put it on Instagram, all this stuff. It's great. I love you. But to this day, I really don't know who listens to my podcast. It, there could be thousands of people out there that have been impacted and affected by my words that I'll never know. Mm -hmm. But I know every single person I had on my podcast. And I know that we had that inter interaction. I know we had that exchange. And I know that at least a small handful of them have resulted in many hundreds of thousands of dollars in income for me just from that relationship. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. Because if, I can focus my energy on building my relationship with you, Sebastian. The audience benefits from that because we're extracting value from everything that you shared with your story and perseverance. Somebody's going to be impacted by that. Somebody's going to want to start a podcast now. Somebody's going to reach out to you and engage with your services, uh, which we'll get to that in a minute. But it all centers around the relationship you have with your guest. And so if you're considering starting that podcast and you want to you want to be like the next Joe Rogan or something and have like 7 million downloads per episode or whatever he does forget that. That will come as long as you're focusing on the relationship with your guest. That's correct. That's my opinion. Like somebody planted that seed 6 or 7 years ago and it just kind of grew and I'm like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. And when I when I retired that last podcast Something was missing. I felt like something was missing for me because I just wanted that opportunity to reach out to people. And you nailed it. Nobody's going to give you the time of day if you're trying to network or, you know, sell something or whatever. But if you reach out and say, hey, why don't you come on my podcast? All of a sudden, I can block out an entire hour of my day to talk to this guy. It's, it's the most magical thing. Talk to me a little more about that or, or make any comments you want on what I just shared. I, I, I just... It's just, I, I'm in a hundred percent agreeing with me, with you. Yeah, no, that it is. You're exactly right. I'd love to know who that was um, that, that said that. Cliff, it, was, it wasn't Cliff Revenhouse, was it? Cliff? No. JL, I JLD? It was I, was, I believe it was James Carberry. I think that okay. was it. Okay. But yeah, no, it is because it, it's, it's, you know, I, I would take it a step further. I mean, it's about the guests. It's about the, the relationship that you're building. I mean, what's possible with that guest? I mean, will you become friends, you become business partners, you become a client. I mean, there's endless opportunities for us to be able to feed into each other through that process. Yeah, man. 
and so where where can somebody go if they want to learn more and they want to consider starting a podcast? Maybe they're not quite ready to talk to you. Maybe they just want to learn a little more. Where where do they go to learn a little bit more about this? My YouTube channel is a great resource. I've got an entire library over there. I've been whittling away at YouTube for the past three years. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash podcast launch lab. That link will be available in the show notes, right, Josh? That's right. Um, and uh, that's a great place to start. And then uh, pick up a copy of my most recent book dropped in December of 2020. Not so recent, but still relevant. It's everything I got pertaining to starting a podcast. So everything we do here at the Podcast Launch Lab is included in that book. It's called Podcast Suck If You Don't Have One. And it's a step-by-step guide on staunching your podcast. And if you have questions on the back of the book, you can scan the QR code and it'll take you right to my calendar. And you can schedule a call with myself or somebody on my team and be more than happy to walk you through the park on what we can do to help get you to the finish line on starting a podcast. But those are my, those are my two free resources while the book costs you 15 bucks. But um, phone call coming through here. Hold on one second. Um, so caller number um, one, you're live. Yeah, exactly. I could, well, that's the good part about the roadcaster. Like I could have like picked up the call and patched them right in. Um, so, um, uh, but yeah, th- those are the two uh, uh, easiest resources. Then of course, if you think like, I want to start a podcast, I need help. I want to hire this guy. Then you can, you can totally schedule a call with me. You can go to podcast launch lab now.com podcast launch lab now.com. And you can schedule a call. We'd be more than happy to chat with you on what's possible um, with, uh, with joining our program and see if you're a fit for it. Excellent. So that's podcastlaunchlabnow.com. Let's Correct. yeah, let's let's give him let's give him that link just to keep simplicity. Podcastlaunchlabnow.com. And then also if you are are looking to really understand better the strategy and the opportunity of podcasts, uh, Sebastian also has a book called Podcast Suck. If you don't have one. That's right. Podcastsuck.com. That's plural. Podcastsuck.com. Podcasts suck dot com so got it all kinds of all kinds of uh, opportunities here to really learn and engage uh you know i will share something personally with you having a podcast guys has changed my life it has positively impacted my self-esteem uh, it has forced me to become a professional and develop a skill that i did not have before And it has introduced me to lifelong friends and it has created limitless business opportunities, some of which are in the six uh, bordering on seven figures with one person that I met that I happened to have interviewed on a podcast, not knowing anything about them before. And so if you're not doing this and you want to, you need to speak with Sebastian immediately. You need to reach out to this guy and you need to get this thing started and you need to do it the right way because you don't want to become that statistic of creating seven episodes and just burning out. There's a right way to do this. And then there's the stupid way. Don't do the stupid way, do it the right way. And uh, the whole, the, the reason you would want to do this, it does not have to be financial. Uh, It does not have to rely on, okay, well, I'm looking for, you know, to grow my brand and my business. That's all great. It's important. But to me, the reason that you need to be doing a podcast is going back to what Sebastian said earlier. And I don't remember the exact wording of it, but who, who are you failing by not showing up? Yeah. Who needs to hear 
the message that you have developed and interpreted inside of your head? Who needs to be influenced by your perception and perspective of the world or some topic? Somebody needs to hear that. I'll give you one more example. The do zone is kind of in its infancy. Uh, we're, we're, uh, by the time this thing gets published, we're going to be 30, 40, 50 episodes in. And I had a gentleman that I've maybe talked to once. I barely know this guy. And he unsolicited posted something on Facebook tagged me and tagged the other guest that was Chris Kelly, by the way, he was episode number two. Uh, and the conversation that Chris and I were having on that podcast impacted him so much that he, he was trying to start this business and it was a restaurant and he had this laundry list of things that he needed to do before he could launch the restaurant. And after listening to our episode, he was impacted by what we were throwing back and forth and decided, you know what, I'm going to give a, a score of one or two uh, for, for each of these things that need to happen, which was a piece of advice that Chris gave. And he decided to instead launch the following week for his restaurant, because everything that was a one, I'm going to do now. And everything that's a two, I'm just going to do after we launch. And that, that cut six months off of his time frame. Because a couple of dudes were talking into microphones, we had an immediate impact on this person's life and their business opportunity. You never know who's listening and you never know what kind of impact you have. And that's why it's your responsibility, almost your obligation. You've got to get it out there because who's missing out? Who's losing? Because you're not showing up. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Who are you becoming? As a result of a podcast. That's Absolutely. the question. Yeah, man. I, I love this. Uh, Sebastian, I'm so glad that you came on here and shared Thanks for having me, dude. your your kind of life and your struggle and your success. And I'm so glad that it's ended up with you creating the podcast launch lab. And for anybody that's out there listening right now, I want you to go to podcastlaunchlabnow.com. Reach out to Sebastian, consume his content, get his book, Podcast Suck, if you don't have one, and consider what you can do to get your message out there to make a bigger impact on the world. We're going to wrap up for today. Thanks again, Sebastian, for being on here. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us 
at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time. Yeah.